Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hi everyone. It's lovely to be back at Q and I hope you've had a wonderful summer and uh, ready to get back, you know, together as community. I must admit I've missed you all. Um, thank you, missed you all. Um, I love that last clip. It's, uh, it would have been one that I would pick because what Q is trying to do is not offer a one-size-fits-all um, religion. We're offering one very important thing is uh, to know who you are. And once you know who you are, then your journey might be very unique and different, but at least it will be taking you in the direction of understanding what that slide is up there. My deepest me is God. And I think that's a, a, a massively important lesson that we all need to learn. God isn't out there. He's actually right here. And in your reflection, he lives in you. So like Danny said at the beginning, all the clips and the things that have been chosen tonight, the songs, everything have been picked by you because you've enjoyed them and they've meant something to you. So we're really thrilled about that. And uh, again, as I said just a, a minute ago, everybody learns in different ways. They learn through different things. Uh, nobody can say, oh, well, you know, that's rubbish. Uh, because it doesn't touch me, because everything touches somebody because of the way that we receive and understand things. Uh, and that's why this house, I think, is a great place, because we're speaking everybody's language to take them on a very special journey. So before we move on, we have a, a very special wish uh, to give tonight to a very special person, and that is our Barbara. Barbara Bradley. It's her birthday, and she is 80 years young, and uh, yeah, come on, give it up for Barbara. <laughs> She's awesome, and um, I just wanted to say a very small little thing about this, because we can't move over it. Um, I came to York when I was 11, that was 1969, and guess what, Barbara was here. That's amazing. That's amazing. She has stuck the course. And let me tell you something else, and I've, I've got to try and not be emotional about this, because this, to me, is very precious. She was our organist. And uh, she was the most incredible player of music, but sight read. So you know what that means. She played by reading music. And of course, we descended on the scene and we wanted her to play things that just did not necessarily fit with what she'd learned. Do you remember Barbara? And all these sort of modern songs that we would introduce and there was no sheet music. You just had to learn them by ear. And boy, 
that was quite a challenge for her, but she did it. And she was our musician for many, many years, and we were so grateful for that. Now, the reason why I mention that is because we have never asked people um, to stay the same over the years. We say we're on a, a journey of growth, and uh, whether it's to do with music or whether it's to do with lifestyle or whatever, we actually say to people, come on, let's go beyond what we've already mastered and grow. And I know that in this place, those who've been on the journey with us have, have probably en uh, encountered that many times over. We think we've reached a place where we think, oh, I'm settled now. And somebody says, no, let's go further. And I know Barbara, over 80 years, has done that. And I'm very proud of her. And we're glad she is one of our adapting people who every time something of a new understanding has been brought, she didn't fight it. She said, come on, bring it on. Didn't you, Barbara? And we're proud of you for that. Thank you so much. Now, one more thing I want to say, and we don't do this very often, but I think it's appropriate tonight. Many years back, we used to have a... Um, uh, an open air service, I mean we were really weird, on the riverbank, on the riverbank outside of the King's Arms, the, you know the one that gets flooded all the time, on that little bit of ground we used to have an open air and it was on Saturday afternoon at three o'clock and I used to pray like mad that it would rain so we didn't have to go because I was a young girl who for me to be there with people you know doing all sorts of crazy things it used to be embarrassing for me and my friends at school used to make great fun of me. And so I will be honest, I used to pray that it would rain. But did it? Rarely. You know, we were there and we'd stand there, you know. But anyway, that's not the story I want to tell. One day there was a drunk who came out of the pub and decided to challenge my dad, who was a little guy. He wasn't much more than five foot four, I don't think. And he was preaching the gospel and this drunk came over and pushed my dad, started getting right in his face. And it was, it was quite hostile and, and uh, you know, quite frightening. Anyway, he pushed and pushed and pushed until finally he pushed him in the river. Went off the side and into the river. Of course, there was a, it's all a big panic. Anyway, there was a little boat. And I mean, the river was quite low at the time. There was a boat parked by the wall. And my mother jumped down onto the boat because she was going to do what she could to help my dad um, to try and get him out. Meanwhile, this is where Barbara comes in. She marches over to the drunk. She says, you're not going to push my pastor in the river. And she pushes him in. <laughs> I am not exaggerating. No word of a lie. She pushes him in. Go, Barbara! And of course, it's getting even more mayhemy because the drunk's now swimming after my dad. And I don't think the drunk could swim very well. Anyway, my mum's on this boat down the side and she's trying, leaning on this, like a little bar thing at the side, reaching out for my dad and the bar breaks and she goes in. And then his dad, Anne's dad, finished up somehow falling in. It was mayhem. It really was. But anyway, I tell you this. is because that, 
That day, I think our Barbara, um, she's the defender of the faith. And uh, our Connie gave her an even better modern name. She said, Badass Barbara. And I think that that's more it, don't you? So, Badass Barbara. Yay! The story finishes well because the police were just around the corner, so somebody ran up. And I remember that day getting in the car with, you know, two soaking wet parents driving home. And yeah, I'll never forget that. Happy birthday, Barbara. And thank you for going the course, for staying the course, for being our friend. And that's a huge thing to say. Um, so thank you very much. Okay, so before uh, more ado, we're going to have a great night. It is funny, isn't it? Isn't it great? Yes, we have actually suffered for Jesus in some ways. Not quite had our lives taken in the arena, but almost, you know. But um, all the things tonight that are going to be shown, just they're so varied, but there is one thread that runs through. It's to do with belonging. Our Barbara's belonged with us for probably 50, more, 60, 60 years. She's belonged. And everything we do in this place is to create a place of belonging. And the thread that runs through tonight that's happened by accident is about belonging and being there for each other, walking each other home, encouraging each other when things are difficult to get us to where we need to go. So enjoy. Thank you. Hi, it's good to be back. Yeah. Looking trendy. <laughs> Bit of a freelancer tonight, which is nice, so we're not quite uh, bound to the story. So I wanted to share a couple of things that just relate to back and now. A decade and a half ago, um, I got hijacked by God uh, in a very particular way, not in very good circumstances, but found myself in a heap on our kitchen floor, um, praying the greatest prayer I've probably ever prayed in my life, which was, help me, Jesus, I don't know what to do. That was after three decades of being a follower of Jesus and um, at least a decade of being in, in leadership ministry, senior leadership ministry, a decade of half of being in ministry, of having lots of things, and, and at the time probably being perceived as being reasonably successful in what we were doing. But that, that moment changed my life, it changed my thinking, it changed my experience of God. Um, I think it made me a more authentic person, even though before that I was never trying to be deceitful or unauthentic. Sometimes you do what you've been told and you act out what you've been given, and sometimes the God that you think you're following is simply the God that was handed to you without you having a real experience of the true God of heaven. And I think for the last decade and a half, my life has been unfolding on that. I'm not sure everybody likes that. Uh, I'm not sure that what that has led us to, even in who we've become as a church, would win any popularity contests. Um, but the truth is I can't be anything else because you have to be authentic to the journey that you're on and I don't want to play the games that can be played just in order to have a slightly bigger church or more a more 
significant profile or whatever. However, within that, God has been very faithful. There's been a lot of pain and tears, but there's also been laughter and joy. And uh, I don't like the idea that says, you know, come to Jesus and all your problems will be over. In fact, I think sometimes come to Jesus and your problems are just starting because it tends to be that we do not live an authentic life unless something drags us into authenticity. And when we hit that authenticity, by very nature of that, there are tears that go with it. But I want you to know, I believe in God. I believe in the presence of God. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the fatherhood of God. I believe my relationship with God. I believe that Jesus is significant within that. And in all that, in that authenticity, uh, I have to say that I have not been disappointed with the God that I have found and who I am finding, because I'm not quite sure whether I will ever truly discover who he is. Now, uh, one of the things I just wanted to share, um, we've been on a bit of a journey as well, as many of you know, we've been in and out of Salt Lake City for the last two years. Some of you might think, what the heck, why are we doing that? Why are we bothering to invest money in something like that? But you know, missions always used to be that you find, and I don't mean this racially, you found the poor black children or in some poor third world country and that was missions. Like nobody else needed help. Like nobody else in their journey needed somebody to unfold what was happening in life, that somehow if we were going to invest in missions, it had to be in, in third world needs. Well, you need to know something. There are as many needs in the first world as there are in the third world. Those needs might be different, but when you look at the level of, of mental illness and suicide in the first world, in the Western world, you realize that there's a need for preachers, there's a need for speakers, there's a need for somebody to bring a message of hope and a message of life and so we've been heavily involved for many years uh, in Austria and have helped to, to produce a network of churches there in lots of other areas like that we've tried to help but also in poorer countries like India where we've been significantly involved so, so the whole idea of, you know, Chris and I spending time in Salt Lake City, you might think, what's that about? But if you were to meet the people that we have met supernaturally because of that journey, and you were one of those people, you would be thankful that somebody like Q bothered to send somebody to allow them to have the conversation and express the questions to somebody who's walked that journey so they could be helped and, and life could come to them because they're valuable and they're important. Now, I have to say, I'm human like you, and Chris and I have questioned greatly, how long do we continue? Should we continue? And just at the time when we're saying maybe we should stop, it's like God speaks oh so clearly to say, don't do it. And this last trip has been one of those, I won't give you all the details, but what's interesting is when we first started this journey, uh, Kev Craven came to us, he said, and he said, somebody's going to be important to you, and his name's Carl, and it's not Carl with a C, it's Carl with a K. Now, you know, uh, if you know Kev, he's not presumptuous about any of that stuff, but he comes out with his, what I would call prophecy once in a while. And sure enough, that first journey, what set us on the course that we're on is that we found Carl with a K, who was a tattoo artist, who, who was had been tattooing in Salt Lake City and moved to Ogden, St. George's. a whole story. I'll tell you all the story if you want to know, but it's fascinating. Anyway, this time, just when Chris and I were considering, should we pack this in? Have we done enough? Along comes our Kev again. So it's Kev's fault. <laughs> and he says, I don't know if this is important or not, but, but 
He came up with the name again. He said, I just think the name Lyndon is going to be really important. Now, he, he, he qualified that by saying, you know, I know that Jim and Mavis, or two of our other wonderful people who've been with us a long time, have a son called Lyndon, uh, but I don't think that's what's influencing it. So, so watch out. So we get there. Lo and behold, we didn't know, but just, just um, south of us is a town called Linden. So, of course, you, you pursue every avenue. So we went to Linden, Utah, finished up in one of the only evangelical churches there, had a good time, did some impartation, but knew that wasn't it. We, we get back to the apartment and we got a letter in the mailbox, which wasn't for us. We're in 101. This was for 420. And you think, well, what's that about? But the first thing I saw in the envelope was the sender's um, uh, window. And the sender's window was from, from Linden, Michigan. Now you might say, well, but you weren't sent to Linden, Michigan. That's not the point. The point is that this name, Linden, keeps cropping up. Now what was interesting, we were down in the common area of the apartment block there, and there was a guy, I've never seen him before, with a ponytail. And uh, interesting, when we got the letter, I thought, I better go and stick it in this guy's door so that he finds it. And I put on there, you know, this came to ours, 101, um, you know, hope it's not something important. And uh, we're down in the common area, and we see this guy with a ponytail, and I'm thinking, that's the guy from 420. Never met him before, never seen him before. Uh, didn't do anything, it's not me, I'm not a, you know... I, I envy people who prance up and say, hey, by the way, I'm a lot more reserved. I'm like, no, they've got to come to me. And God's very kind to me. So the next day we see this guy and I'm thinking, I bet he's the guy from 420. And then the next day he's there again. And I said, being very bold, I said, Lord, I'm definitely going to ask you to tell him to come over and talk to me if, <laughs> if he's the guy. And God is very kind because he did. And so I said, oh, you know, are you in this block? He said, yeah. I said, we're from 101. Oh, you must be the guys who put the letter in my door. Hence then a long conversation with this guy who we never saw again after that day, but I'm sure is significant. But it was all to do with this thing, Lyndon, which I tried to tell him. He was one of these people. It's hard to get a word in edgeways, but maybe a little later we'll do a little more. So that was another incident. Then what was interesting is I'm thinking there's got to be something more to this. And so we have a little look, and lo and behold, less than a mile south of us, there is a little street called Linden Way that's right on the main street where we stay when we're there. Linden Way, and lo and behold, down Linden Way, there's a little church uh, that we weren't aware of. It's one of these things, you'd never have reason to go down this little dead-end street unless somebody had said, look out for Linden, like Kev said and so we found this thing and then we found that this church had closed because it's had some issues and there weren't many people there so I, I try to find out who's there, get in touch with them, get a wonderful contact with somebody who says we're hoping to start meeting again, we've had a lot of issues, hoping to start meeting again in November which is when we're heading back and you say so what's arranging that? I don't know but it's another one of these Linden things. And then we head off to, to, to Scotts Bluff. Some of you know the story about Scotts Bluff and um, Boulder, where we're also helping a church there that are moving on. Lots of opportunities. Again, you realize I haven't got time to fill you all the story. 
But while we're in Scotts Bluff, I have an experience that I've had many times. And uh, it's an out-of-body experience. And uh, we, we're in bed this, this Tuesday night, and I'm not asleep, but, but suddenly I'm, I am moving down a street. And I recognise the street. And I'm moving down the street, and then I get to an entrance to a side street where it's a curved, curled curve, curb, and, and as I step off the curb, I can't go any further. I'm trying to go further and I can't move. So I look around and I think, I know this place, it's Scarcroft Road. Now, if you've never had these experiences, it's really weird because, I mean, I wasn't thinking Scarcroft Road. I was there. I was in Scarcroft Road. I was aware of everything around me, but I was still in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, two places at once. Can't beat that, can you? And so I'm, I'm looking at this and thinking, okay, I know this place and I know where I am. So then I'm back in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska now, okay, so that we can unweird this a little bit. So I'm thinking, okay, what's all that about? I know where I was, so, because thank, thank God for Google and Google Earth and Apple Maps, and so I'm thinking I know where I was, so I go on Google Earth to where I think that I was, which was the last side street on Scarcroft Road going up towards the Mount. And uh, then I see there are railings on the curb that I'm on and I'm thinking either I'm wrong or this is wrong and then I realize I'm a street too high so I go back one street to what would be Nunthorpe Avenue and lo and behold on Google Maps at the end of the street where I stepped off the curb and couldn't go any further is a pin do you know what a pin is it's a location do you know what it says on the pin Linden Lodge Hotel, right? What are the chances of that? Now, have I been there yet? No. What's it all about? I'm not sure yet. But I know that God has always spoken very, very clearly to me and wants to speak to you. And you say, well, what's it about? How many of you know that signposts in the road are always to tell you that you're heading in the right direction and that there is a destination for the direction that you're heading, but without the signpost, you might not continue to travel down the road. So I would suggest to you that God in his kindness, again, even just by the use of the word Linden, and I'm sure there are going to be many other openings and expressions with this church group perhaps, or even who knows who's at that hotel or who will be there. But God clearly saying, okay, this is the direction, this is it, this is the way that I want you to go. Now, I've shared all this simply to say to you that I want you to know the God who is real, when you open your heart to him, will show himself to be real. This is the last thing I wanted to say. Loving relationships are wonderful. But you see, you only get the best out of a relationship of love when you respond to the love that is being expressed to you and that builds a relationship where that love can begin to give to you the very best of the one who loves you. Now we've taught you very greatly that unconditionally and without reservation, God absolutely and totally, unreservedly loves you incredibly to the moon and back. But some of you are not getting the best benefit of the understanding of that love, you've sat there thinking, well, God loves me, so what? That's some of you. 
Well, God loves me, that's wonderful, others of you. Well, God loves me, I feel good to some others. But you see, when you begin to take that seriously and say, what does this love require of me and how can I respond to that love in relationship, then the best of the one who loves you begins to show up in reality in your own life. There's not one of you in here that's not incredibly loved by God, but there are many of you who are not experiencing the fullness of who God could be to you if only you will take a hold of that love, begin to respond to it, and then get your linden that's for you so that you know that God is with you and get hijacked so that your life will never be the same again. want to call a wizard Jen. It's awesome, you're a star. <clears throat> okay, we've had to cut some stuff out because, um, you know, time's closing in on us, so we'll finish with the song in a minute. Um, I want to say to those of you who have been our part of and remain with us at Q, keep the faith. All I can offer you at the moment is hope, just pure naked hope and the question is do we discover the new world or does it discover us I um, I feel I had a word from God in the night that for some of you is very important in the context of tonight that there are some in, in the in the narrative of scripture covering so many thousands of years and with so much wisdom entailed in there. There are some amazingly powerful questions that are absolutely timeless. And one of those questions was, was recorded as being asked by God to a prophet called Ezekiel nearly two and a half thousand years ago. But that, that word comes all the way through to today and, and carries the same weight with it, specifically for some of you Tonight, in, in that story, and you find it in Ezekiel chapter 37, this guy Ezekiel is transported by God just like I was, but he didn't finish up in Scarcroft Road. He finished up in a valley, but he knew the valley. It was probably the Valley of Hinnom, which has many connotations, and this was the place where battles had been lost. And his own people, his own countrymen, his own history could be measured there by the depths of the sun-bleached bones that were testimony to failed endeavours, dreams that didn't come about, expectations that were not met, disappointments that came by the many. And as he's looking at this valley which is representative of all of those things as dry bones. God asks him a question. He says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? That one question marked a change of direction and the difference that was to revolutionize that man's life. It was a challenging question because when, when you look at the disappointment 
of the bones that represent the failures, the weaknesses, the things that didn't happen, the things that couldn't be achieved, the ones who left you. It's not easy to answer the question positively. And even Ezekiel said, God, I guess you know, but God was looking for a bit more than a you know from Ezekiel. Because if he could for one minute embrace and accept that these dead dry bones can live, these things that look dead, this thing that looks over can come alive again, it was going to mark a difference. Now, Right now, this moment, we are in a very special moment in time. For the first time in 360 years, every compass is reading true north. You see, when you have a compass, it is affected by the magnetic flow that comes from the core of the earth. And so we have something called magnetic north and something called true north. True north is where north really lies. Magnetic north is where the magnetism of circumstance pulls the needle to take you slightly away from where it was that you should go, which over a long distance of time and through a life's journey can put you a long way off where you ought to have been, where you would have liked to have been and where God wants you to be and as much as 20 degrees is the difference from magnetic north but right now for the first time in 360 years the compass reads exactly for true north I think there are moments in our life when something points to true north for us and says, come on, this is your moment, this is your time, this is your destiny, this is your place but you see with it comes a question as you look at your life, can these bones live? And I want to leave you with that thought tonight. As you look at your life, as you look at your circumstances, you look at everything that is there, as you have hopes and dreams in your lindens, the question is, can these bones live? Q Church, can these bones live? You as a person, with all your history, can these bones live? The end of the story is that God said, prophesy to the bones, speak to the bones, tell them to come alive. And it says that they, all the skeleton bones came together and they were covered with skin and flesh, but one thing was lacking. He said, now I want you to speak to them and command breath to come into them. And everything that was dead in that valley came completely and totally and wonderfully alive. The thing that had begun in failure now had life to begin again and that can happen for you tonight can these bones live as you look at your life can these bones live and the answer's got to be yes lord grace us tonight with your goodness as we answer the question believing that by faith the bones of our life can live again and breath can come into it and we can see the hope of a new day because now we're heading for true north in jesus name <laughs> Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.